Chapter 4, Part 2 of Sin and Its Consequences by Henry Edward Manning. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 4 Sins of Omission, Part 2. Number 4 A fourth effect of the sins of omission and of this decline of the soul is despondency, which is akin to despair. A consciousness of sin has the effect of depressing the soul, and unless it soften it, of making it to doubt its own salvation. For where the charity of God and our neighbor has become low and faint, if it be not altogether lost, there both hope and faith begin likewise to decline. Any man who is conscious of his own sins knows that though men do not see them or suspect them though they are only half known and half seen even by his own conscience they are all perfectly seen and known to the eye of almighty god the consciousness of sinfulness coupled with the consciousness of impenitence the sense that he is not softened nor humbled but rather that he is irritated by the clear sight of his own sin and of the graces of those that are about him lights up a high fever of resentful heat which grows more fierce as charity declines the will in its stiffness refuses to bow itself before god and though a cloud on the conscience half hides many sins that are not altogether forgotten he is half conscious of many and therefore full of fear not knowing whether or no he is the object of a final hatred a soul in that state becomes desponding and reckless so that in a multitude of cases instead of turning towards god by repentance it turns recklessly away from god and plunges further into sin so long as there is a hope of salvation a hope of pardon and so long as a good name and fame among men is not lost a man is sustained by a certain lingering confidence and restrained from a multitude of sins but the moment hope is lost and the last spring is broken a man who began only with sins of omission and then sins of sloth will at last plunge recklessly into sins he never committed before saying it is too late i have gone too far i am too bad spots are not visible upon a black garment and i am black before god whether i am so before man or not on this he plunges himself further and further into sin those who answer to this description verify the words of our divine lord to the church of sardis i know thy works and that thou hast the name of being alive and thou art dead be watchful and strengthen the things that remain which are ready to die for i find not thy works full before my god apocalypse chapter three verse one the meaning of this is thou hast lost thy first charity there remains faith and hope 
in a little measure the reed though bruised is not broken the flax though smoking only is not quenched there is hope yet for faith and hope are not yet dead but when once hope is dead what can remain take example from scripture judas sold his master peter denied him judas had lost his love for his master but peter loved him still judas had lost his hope but peter hoped yet and peter went out and wept bitterly and was forgiven and judas went out and hanged himself number five lastly there is one more effect and that is the state which is called the sin of sloth the state of the soul which having fallen from charity and having lost hope has become sick of god and weary of god such a man says i wish to god that i had never been born i have heard those words again and again out of the mouth of sinners i wish to god i had never heard the name of jesus christ i should not then have been responsible i would to god i had never known the truth for i should not have to answer for it i should die like a dog and better to die like a dog than die as i shall with the illumination to know god and jesus christ to know his will and his truth and to be forever as i am now such things every priest has heard and perhaps you yourselves have heard the soul weary and sick of god turns away from the holy sacraments turns away from prayer turns away from holy people from every memorial of god and his service until at last such a man will say almighty god why dost thou persecute me with thy perfections thy justice which i cannot deny is like the blaze of the noonday sun terrible and scorching and thy holiness is like the light that pervades the world and i cannot escape from it souls in that state say in an inverted sense the very words of the psalmist whither shall i go from thy presence and whither shall i flee from thy face if i go up in heaven thou art there if i go down into hell thou art there also if in the morning i take wings and flee to the uttermost parts of the earth even there thy hand leadeth me and thy right hand upholdeth me if i say darkness shall cover me the darkness is no darkness to thee the darkness and the light to thee are both alike psalm 138 verses 7 through 12 this is what the people of jerusalem said the forefathers of those who cried his blood be upon us and our children they said let the holy one of israel cease from before us isaiah chapter thirty verse eleven that is let god get out of our way now brethren this is what the sin of sloth comes to at last i have traced it from its beginning in a sin of omission a sin of omission in prayer 
because as i said prayer is the life and breath of the soul and the soul that prays is united to god the soul that loses its union with god by prayer may fall into the bottomless pit there is no depth of eternal death into which a soul that ceases to pray may not fall it will not fall all at once it falls very gradually little by little insensibly and there is the chief danger this exactly expresses the words with which i began who can understand sins from my secret sins cleanse me o lord i hope then that i need speak no more upon this severe part of our subject i will only give two very short counsels the one is this aim at the highest and greatest things of god's kingdom do not think that it is humility to try to live a commonplace christian life dear brethren it is like seamen who say i will not launch out into the deep but i will keep near the shore to keep near the shore is not always safety to keep near the shore requires the greater seamanship to keep near the shore may be to run the greatest risk of wrecking do not imagine for one moment that this is humility the humblest may seek the greatest things in god's kingdom aim at the highest you have been called to be saints every one of you the very name by which we are called in the new testament is saints with all your sins and imperfections about you you are called to be saints if you are to be saved saints you must be before the throne in the kingdom of god hereafter saints you are now if the holy ghost dwell in you and you are united in love to god and your neighbor sanctity is in you and as the twilight of the morning is the light of day and differs from the noonday only in the degree of its splendor so the sanctity which is in you now differs only in the degree of its manifestation from that perfect sanctity which shall be in you when the just shall shine as the sun in the kingdom of their father is it possible then that we can aim at anything lower than this it is a deceit of the devil for any man to turn aside from the path which leads him upward to the highest christian life under the notion of humility or of impossibility the grace that is given to each one of you is measured according to the vocation wherewith you are called if god has called you to be saints he has given you and will give you grace sufficient to enable you to become saints i the guiltiest among you and there may be some ears listening to my words conscious of the stain of mortal sin even the guiltiest that hears me has grace offered now at this moment to become penitent and through penitence to become a saint the most tempted the most buffeted the soul that has fallen oftenest 
that has been cast down over and over again by long habitual and inveterate sin even to that soul grace sufficient is offered at this time to be a saint if it have the will to receive it more than this the most slothful the most sluggish souls the souls most conscious that they are covered with sins of omission and that there is not a duty they do which they do not do so tardily and imperfectly as to be utterly ashamed of themselves in secret before god even such souls as these have the grace of fervour and zeal and strength and piety and perseverance offered at this very moment if they have only the will to accept it the only condition is this break with the world with sin and with yourselves and be on god's side take up your cross boldly follow jesus christ have no compromises no reserves and he will do the rest for you the other counsel is this cast yourselves with all your offences of commission and omission all your faults all your stains all your weight with the whole burden of your sins on you cast yourselves upon the sacred heart of jesus as john lay upon his bosom at supper do not think that this is not for you do not say it is not for me to cast myself there there where the beloved disciple lay why did he lay there was it because he loved his lord no it was because his lord loved him and that same love which he had for john not in degree it may be but in kind in its infinite tenderness and its infinite compassion that same love is yours he loves you if not in the same measure in the same manner and therefore cast yourselves upon the love of our lord the gift of free will which we all have is a perilous gift it is a wonderful mystery that a man can balance and poise his body to stand or walk every motion rests in a mysterious manner on the balance of nature but the freedom of the will is still more mysterious and still more easily cast down we are surrounded by temptation all the day long and the world is constantly playing upon us by its powers of assimilation worse than this there is the treachery of false and subtle hearts of hearts always ready to take fire all the day long sin springs up within to meet the temptation from without for that reason you have more need do not say that makes me less able to cast myself upon the sacred heart of my redeemer it is for that very reason that you need to do it as the blind man went to the pool of Siloay, as the lepers came within reach of the hand of our saviour as the poor woman touched the hem of his garment so as your miseries are the greater you have the more need and if you will come to him 
he by his spirit within you and by his protection about you will keep you from all evil and will confirm you in his grace and that you may do this i will bid you adopt from this day one practice every day of your life pray god to give you light to see yourselves just as he sees you now to show you what sin is in all its hideousness in all its subtlety and to show you those secret sins which now you do not see in yourselves every day of your life ask this of god remember the young man who came to our lord and asked what he should do to inherit the kingdom of heaven our lord said sell all thou hast and give to the poor and come and follow me he went away sorrowing and that one thing wanting lost him all things you remember the five wise and the five foolish virgins the five foolish virgins went out with the five that were wise they were attired in the same bridal raiment they all carried their lamps with them and their lamps were lighted in this they were all alike and they all slumbered and slept what was the difference between the five wise and the five foolish the five wise had oil in their vessels with their lamps the five foolish had omitted to bring oil in their vessels with their lamps and while they all slumbered their lamps went out and when the cry was heard at midnight the bridegroom cometh they waked up and found their lamps gone out they first would borrow but it is impossible to borrow grace they went to buy but while they were gone the bridegroom entered and the door was shut when they came back they knocked upon the door and said lord lord open to us but he answered from within i never knew you end of chapter four part two